because when we're together at the march uh, or, or when you're leading the various even seminars I've been part of, you're, you're sort of up there. And I, um, but I'm actually in awe <laughs> of what God does through you. What God does. <laughs> yeah, I know, but what God, do, I really am. I'm in awe of what God does through you. And so thank you for being here and, and for sharing your heart today. Uh, give Deacon Georgette a, a hand if you would. Good morning, everyone. It is a real honor to be here, and I was in Baltimore yesterday, and um, it was an interesting trip getting here last night. I ran into President Barack Obama in Charlotte, um, and he, for some reason, gets priority at the airport. So uh, getting on the plane was one thing, but actually getting in the air was another because the air had to stop for him. Um, <laughs> so it was an interesting evening. I uh, bring greetings from Bishop Hicks to you all. Um, he's part of the uh, Reformed Episcopal Church, and so I told him that I was coming on to Houston and into the Gulf Diocese, and he was delighted to say, please send my love and my greetings. So there is a great fellowship going on in our great church, and I am so blessed to be a part of it. Um, Anglicans for Life is an precious ministry to me. It's been around for a long time, previously known as the National Organization of Episcopalians for Life. In uh, 2007, we changed the name for a lot of reasons. And so I briefly want to speak to you. Um, I have about 10 minutes to speak, so I'll probably go about 12. Um, and today I want to talk about creating a culture of life starting in your church. And before I uh, do that, I want to first thank Bishop Clark for inviting me to speak. Um, but most of all, I ask you to join me in praying so that God's word is spoken. Father, we come before you um, seeking to surrender. I come before you seeking to surrender my agenda and ask that your plans be established in the hearts of each person in this room right now. That your, that we would commit our way, commit our words, commit our ministry, commit our work for the kingdom to you in this time, and that what is spoken here would turn into seeds that would be planted in the hearts of your people. Please, dear God, use your words to plant seeds that would grow ministry, would grow disciples in your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so, oh, thanks for letting me see that here. If we could go on to the next slide. I want to quickly just kind of describe a little bit. Anglicans for Life is the only global ministry that's working on life issues. And what we're trying to do is equip, empower, and come alongside um, the church. We recognize that the church has to do ministry, but to have to invent the resources is a big job. So Anglicans for Life invents the resources. We come up with the um, tools and the support system so that we can come alongside the churches to actually do the life ministry. Because we believe that scripture mandates that we protect, honor, respect, defend the sacredness of life in our culture today. 
Can I get an amen? <laughs> Thank you. All right, the next slide. Um, we touch on a variety of issues. Obviously, abortion is a huge issue that is uh, critical in our culture and in our world and in the heart of God, um, that life is created in his image and abortion takes place in our country at the rate that it does is a, an abomination. We also address assisted suicide, which is a growing issue in this country, and right now we stand in Washington, D.C., in the District of Columbia to legalize assisted suicide. Um, it has passed through the council votes and now has to go through one more hearing, but it is sadly looking like it will pass in Washington, D.C., which means that um, the goal that the other side has for legalizing assisted suicide will then go to the Supreme Court as they seek to get it passed nationwide, given the fact that there are now six states where it's legal, plus the District of Columbia. So we need to keep that on our radar screen. Artificial reproductive issues, everything from infertility to um, you know the issues of cloning, we need to be aware of adoption, sexual integrity abstinence, understanding what that looks like in our culture today for our young people. Um, and then obviously bioethical research, things like stem cell research, understanding what is ethical and what isn't. I, I believe these issues are all critical, but I have to tell you that I don't believe that it's the job of Anglicans for Life to address the politics or the legislation, like I just talked about with the legislation in District of Columbia. We have to be aware of it, we have to know what's going on, we have to make people um, aware so that they can address it in their state representatives. But what Anglicans for Life focuses on is the pastoral component of these issues. There are great organizations that are doing the political and legal. Family Research Council, you, you, know, you, you can name lots of groups that are doing it, Americans United for Life, those are the groups that will connect you with if your call is to address these things politically and legislatively. But we believe that the church must be addressing these issues pastorally um, and with hope and compassion and empathy. So let's go to the next slide. So as I said earlier, we do that through lots of resources and I'm just gonna quickly buzz through these because they serve as great introductions to some of our stuff. The Silent No More Awareness campaign is my, ba my pet project, my baby. Um, it is a campaign to raise awareness for the women and the men who have had abortions to find healing, forgiveness, restoration. And then once they have found healing, we become billboards for the truth of how awful abortion is. We have lost our children to abortion. We are the consumers of this service and therefore our voice needs to be heard. We need to help people understand that when an abortion occurs and our child dies, a part of us is permanently wounded as well. And this is in particular importance in the church because so many of us women and men who have lost our children to abortion are afraid to come into the church doors. We don't feel welcome. We expect judgment. We don't expect empathy and love. So Silent No More is a wonderful campaign. It's worldwide. Um, at times it seems to almost eclipse my work with Anglicans for Life, but it is um, sponsored by Anglicans for Life and Priests for Life, and I'd love to talk with you more about it. We've got lots of resources on our table about it. 
we also have another summit coming up in uh, 2017 in January. Uh, it's uh, connected to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Um, it's actually going to be held at Falls Church, Anglican Church in Falls Church, Virginia. <laughs> and we have speakers coming in for a full day of um, education, networking, um, connecting. We have a, a flyer on the table, and, and I'd love to have some people from this diocese be there. Um, another great way to become equipped. Curriculums. We've written two curriculums. Project Life covers all of our topics. Embrace the Journey is specifically addressing the aging and dying issue as our churches age. We need to equip people on how to age and die well, especially in light of assisted suicide. So um, we commend Embrace the Journey. Our website is outstanding. Our resources, our brochures. We have a um, program we, uh, to equip churches. We encourage every church to have a life leader or build or establish a Anglicans for Life chapter. So see me about that if that's something you'd be interested in. Our vision is that every church would have either a chapter or a life leader. And then finally, what can you do for life? Um, that is one of our, it's a brochure that we have, but it's also part of our website. You can go to whatcanyoudoforlife.com and get regular monthly updates and ideas. And we also have what we call our Quasar Conference, which is a half-day conference that I come in and actually do a teaching Half of it's on abortion, half of it's on end of life, and then um, how we do some brainstorming about what is God calling us to do. We spend time praying and really asking God, what is God, to, for him to show us what ministry he specifically wants your parish to take on or your diocese. So we commend those things to you, and now my commercial is over and I've got a few more minutes left. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the next slide. These people picture of a lot of folks, and they all have something in common, and they have something in common with you and I. What is it? We're all carrying burdens. We're all worrying about something. We're all struggling with sins, addictions, pain, grief. We all have those things that we wear a mask and hide but God sees and God knows. And when I look at this picture, I see brokenness. I see hurting people that are living in a disconnected culture. Loneliness and isolation are growing problems in our culture today. Life is being degraded, and we insulate ourselves in the pain of it. I'd like to um, quickly go through some statistics with you just to kind of highlight the reality that those people, the people in our parishes, the people that we're hoping to minister to and reach out to, what are they really going through? Well, we can switch. Um, annually, in this country, there are 1.1 million abortions taking place, about 40 million annually worldwide. That's 40 million abortions happening worldwide. 58 million abortions have occurred in the United States since 1937, or 1973, when Roe v. Wade legalized abortion all nine months. 58 million abortions. 58 
million babies dead. In the last 40 years, to the best of the people that do these kind of accounting and, and crunching of numbers, there have been 1.7 billion abortions worldwide. Today we find in the U.S., 3 in 10 women, almost one-third, will have an abortion by the time they're 45 years of age, which means we are in your parish. Ten to 15,000 of the abortions that take place every year are because of rape or incest. These women are being violated, and then they're told to make the problem go away through an abortion. And what we know is that the abortion is a second violation. It's a second trauma. It's not the way that we need to be fixing this problem. 65% of the females that are obtaining abortions proclaim to have some level of um, either Catholic or Protestant connection. And then if we can flip to the next slide, uh, 14,000 women a year place their children for adoption. Only 14,000 women place for adoption versus the 1.1 million abortions. There are over 390,000 children in the foster care program, and over 100,000 of those children are available to adopt. These kids need family. They need connection. Sexually transmitted diseases are increasing worldwide. The World Health Organization um, recognizes that almost two-thirds of the population have um, been infected with herpes simplex virus. And over 40 million people in this country are now over the age of 65, and 5 million are over the age of 85. These numbers represent the people in our churches, the people that we go to the grocery store with, the people that we run into at Starbucks. And folks, what I want us to recognize is that these issues, these pains, these problems, they're the gateway that we can use, that God wants to use to bring himself and bring healing and bring them back to the church, bring them to the church for the first time. We recognize at Anglicans for Life that life issues are the opportunity to reach out to our community that's hurting, connect with them on the realities of these issues, bring them into healing so that we can make the disciples that Bishop Clark is discussing. Okay, next slide. Where are these people currently turning to for help? <laughs> the looks on your face says it all. Everything and anything, addictions, self-help books, um, Ouija boards, medication, pornography. They're trying to numb the pain. I tried to numb the pain. We do that instead of seeking the healing because the healing is scary. But folks, when... We really operate as God's people, vulnerable, 
honest, loving. They're dying to connect with us, literally. People are dying out of loneliness. Their children are dying because there's nobody to come alongside them. When you ask a woman who's looking at having an abortion, why are you considering an abortion? A lot of the time, over 75% of the time, they will say to you, nobody can help me. Nobody is there to support me. Everybody thinks I should have an abortion. If nobody is there to support you and tell you you can do it, you believe you can't. Church, this is an opportunity that God is calling some of you to get involved in. And it does require deep levels of prayer because there is so much brokenness. It does require healing, um, it's emotional healing, spiritual healing. Uh, the next slide. Thank you. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going to... I think I've covered this one already. The concern we have is that we do not use judgment. Um, I, and I'll just say it that way, that we can't be seen anymore as the church of judgment. We have to become and be known as the church of love and compassion because that's what Jesus was. Yeah, he, he called it like it was, but he also always had his hand out to receive and to bring people into their healing. And he wants to do that with us. So, okay, now the next slide. So Anglicans for Life's vision is simple. Everyone in every church doing one thing every day to uphold the sanctity of life. It's really quite simple. Everyone doing one thing every day to uphold the sanctity of life. Now, we've made it even better. We created bookmarks to help us do that. And I really, if you just get one thing off of the table, grab a bookmark. And on the back, it has a prayer for life. And if you put this in your Bible and pray every day, the prayer for life, that can be your one thing. But you might find that you're also in a grocery store and you're older and you never go down the baby aisle. I never go down the baby food aisle that also contains diapers and stuff. But every now and then, I, I get this little voice in my head, and it says, go get some. And I go buy a package of diapers, and I drop them off at the pregnancy center or a can of formula or the containers of formula. Visit an elderly care home. Visit somebody in your parish that's elderly and you haven't seen recently in church. Everybody doing one thing every day. Can you imagine how the church can change the world? Okay. Last slide, please. This scripture is really our clarion call. It reminds us that we live in a world that is full of evil. The Tasmanian devil, as the bishop said. And we reside in a God's world, the spiritual realm. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it full. This scripture, when you come across it, may it remind you 
over and over again that we're in a spiritual battle that demands prayer, but it is a battle that we can win. We have won. And so I commend it to you, church. I commend letting God break your heart with the things that are breaking his heart concerning the sanctity of life. Abortion is a pastoral issue. Assisted suicide is a pastoral issue. Sexual integrity, infertility, these are pastoral issues. They're not political issues. So stop looking at them that way, please, and help. Thank you.